0: I felt like I had found almost immediately, like with the events and who we were working with and the photo shoots and seeing these beautiful homes and meeting creative people, it was just like, this is what I meant to do. And so learn everything I can, take it as far as I can go. I don't know that I necessarily knew it would go quite this far.
1: Welcome to the Explore Home podcast, where we navigate design trends with industry leaders and insiders, interior designers and influencers who inspire the way we design furniture, I'm your host, Neil McKenzie, Vice President of Marketing at Universal. We're very excited to welcome Kelly Lamb, Editorial Director and Co-Principal at Rue Magazine. I've had the chance to get to know Kelly a bit more over the last year through our partnership with Rue, both in print and at market in the Designer's Lounge. And today we get to learn more about her career at Roo, which began in 2012 and is something to be celebrated and what she's accomplished with the magazine, working with a very talented team to take it from digital to print. Kelly offers a unique perspective on content development in the home space. She's authentic, welcoming, and has a way of connecting with many. And while she may not love public speaking, she has made herself available at market during five minutes with Rue, and today offers some great insight into the transformation of Rue, her approach to storytelling and content development, and we'll touch on her new book coming out this spring. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kelly. Kelly, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Explore Home podcast, and we appreciate you. Taking some time.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, fun to do a a public speaking thing that's less public.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I know your favorite thing is public speaking. So I thought this would be right up your alley. Um,
0: (laughs) No, I'm always happy. I'm happy to share my knowledge or whatever knowledge I have.
1: (laughs) You offer a, a really cool perspective. I think your story is something that I think should be inspiring to others as well. And I think the way you go about your business and what you guys are doing over there. Is super cool, and, and you've done a number of things in what has been a very interesting eighteen months. I think certainly with the magazine and, and Rue, and you know we've had the chance to get to know each other uh, at Market and uh, and outside of that, which has been fun. So, um, now we, we appreciate the, the time and, and look forward to the conversation. So I think uh, maybe to kind of get started, um, if you um, if you could share a little bit about your journey at Rue, you you started there in twenty twelve. You kind of started at the yeah. beginning, if you will you've you've gone through a number of of you know evolutions from a career standpoint at the magazine um which of course was was digital and, and now is print and we'll we'll talk through that but um you know you're now the edit- editorial director um you know you're, you're a co-principal with with Danny at the magazine um it's really cool to think about how how you've done that um how did you do that
0: i well i wake up every day and wonder <laughs> no so i actually i joined Rue in 2012. I had just moved to San Francisco, um, and I moved for my now husband, so slightly irresponsible. I didn't have a job lined up, <laughs> and I had um, worked in e-commerce um, since straight out of college, and so I assumed that I would move to San Francisco and get a job in tech or s- sales of some sort. I just thought, like, this is everything's going to work out great. And obviously it did not. So uh, I had a blog that was kind of a side project and it was kind of the heyday of blogging. Um, and I have scrubbed it from the internet because it was a fashion blog <laughs> and I had no business. I'm not even that into fashion. So it was kind of odd that that was the medium I thought would I would find success in. But um, through that, I would go to networking events. San Francisco was like this hub of really creative, talented women, blogging about design and fashion. So I met uh, some of the Rue team through an event. It was actually, they hosted a party at the Gap celebrating, I think it was like the Rue turns to their second birthday. Um, And there had been like a photo booth there that was capturing the event. And so I was checking their Facebook religiously for the photos to put on my blog to be like, look, (laughs) everything is fine. (laughs) Because totally not unemployed still. And in checking that, um, the founder Crystal Palachek, posted that they were hiring. And so I kind of just said, well, I'm not getting, maybe I'll meet someone that can give me a job if I, uh, become take this assistant position and wrote a really passionate letter, basically like begging, like, I know, please, I'm not in college anymore, but please just let me have this like entry level. And, she did. And I'm forever grateful. That was kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then I just loved it. It was kind of like blogging, but the next level, this digital magazine, and it kind of uncovered my love of interior design and writing. I was able to do everything I loved. And so I just became... I, I I wonder now if it was annoying, like how enthusiastic I was, but like I would figure out what the magazine needed before being asked. Like I just made myself indispensable. And as Crystal's passions evolved and she wanted to pursue uh, her love of interior design, it kind of became the obvious path for me to step into more of a leadership role. So it's a real like started at the bottom. <laughs> stories that yeah. and I had to sell my car because it was I was not making very much at the start. So I sold my car and just went all in on this real thing. So and now yeah here we are almost 10 years later and I'm still there.
1: That's, <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah that's crazy. Do you think that um because I think there's something to be said about um what you were saying your level of enthusiasm may have been, you know, seemed annoying or, or what have you, but I think there's that, that level of passion of just kind of determination and, and, and genuine interest in, you know, what, what do you need me to do? What can I do? And particularly, I think early on in one's career and really it's something I think that carries on throughout somebody's career of somebody just kind of being willing to step up. And, um, you know, I know our, our CEO is, joked internally before about, you know, just showing up as half the battle sometimes, <laughs> but um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, um, which is particularly true maybe nowadays, but um, you know, I think that ability of just, you know, wanting to want it. And obviously I think having a passion for it must've really, really pushed you to kind of keep, keep going, if you will.
0: Yeah. I felt like I had found almost immediately, like with the events and who we were working with and the photo shoots and seeing these beautiful homes and meeting creative people. It was just like, this is what I meant to do. And so learn everything I can take it as far as I can go. I don't know that I necessarily knew it would go quite this far (laughs) at the beginning, but it was like, how, how long can I be a part of this and really enjoy it? So um, yeah, that's kind of the, the beginning. And then it evolved to where we are now.
1: So, yeah. And I was going to say, so, I mean, obviously, um, a lot's changed in the last couple of years, uh, Danny CEO, uh, got yeah. involved and, um, and if, and if for those that don't know Danny, um, he's, he's amazing. I think he's just, he's an amazing individual because I, I think literally, I think when you hear him kind of tell his story, I mean, there's somebody, I think that also has a vision for what he wants to go do and, he figures out a way to get there um, through a yeah, number of different he says, ways. He'll, he's very relentless, I'd say, and just in terms of how he just keeps, he figures out a way.
0: Yeah, that um, the talk that we he and I did at High Point is available on the Learning Center, right? I yes, fully, yep. I haven't watched it because I don't want to watch myself back, but he t- talks about his story and kind of his determination. I think it's so inspiring for anyone who is pursuing something new or growing a business or their career, but he very much is, he says he's going to do something. And then it happens and it shocks me every time. <laughs> like it shouldn't because he makes things happen. But a lot of times it's like the, the impossible of launching a print magazine in a pandemic when lots of so, print magazines are closing and right. Yeah.
1: So that's, I think that's kind of where, so you, you, Danny gets involved you guys kind of go in on, you know, really this next evolution of what the magazine will become.
0: Well, Danny and I, we actually met um, just through, I had written a few articles about him on Rue. And then we had become friends, seeing each other at different trade shows or press events. Uh, And when the pandemic hit, it really shook the business model that Rue had relied on. Um, And we, I don't know if it was because people were like living on Zoom or on their devices and suddenly everything is tech, but no one, our like numbers dropped on the website, social media was starting to falter. We lost a lot of advertisers right at the start. And it was this thought of like, how do, what do we do? How do we, how do we keep the doors open on like, we've been doing this for over 10 years and it's a trusted source in the design industry. It be such a shame if it was a casualty. And so in speaking to Danny, mostly just for advice, um, and at some point hoping for investment, (laughs) to be honest, he came back and he said, I think that we can make it apply my business model where he has a print magazine. He has all of these, you know, he's on TV. He's got books kind of touching every outlet. We can do that with Rue. So we put together this really, Exciting and terrifying business plan, and uh, bought Rue from the previous owners, and then told me that I could become a co-principal as well, which was like, I just told you we weren't making any money. Now I'm now I'm supposed to invest in it, but I had a lot of talks with my husband, who's also a friend of Danny's, of just like we trust him, we trust that this is what what he says is going to happen will happen. So. I was faced with the idea of being his employee or being his business partner. And I went with business partner and trusted him completely. And we have a third business partner, um, Barry Rosenblum, and he's kind of the uh, print side of it all. He handles all of the paper and the printing and distribution and all of that. And so it's kind of this model of Danny's the expert on like the business and the sales I'm on editorial and then Barry's handling all the behind the scenes and it, worked despite being really terrifying
1: because digital
0: and prints couldn't be more different when it comes right. to creating
1: content, but well, and then, you know, even going to, pr- you guys just didn't print it either. I think it's a, it's a really, um, you know, Danny kind of explains this actually in the talk in the learning center, but just even the tactile experience of yes. uh, you know, the paper quality, different things that you guys did in going to print to make a statement, I think, and make it an experience. Um, and, and use as you said, to do so during, you know, <laughs> 2020 episode (laughs) Um, yeah you know was different obviously
0: well and he had noticed with his magazine naturally um like it it was his best quarter yet and maybe it was because people were in grocery stores like that was the only place we were going and so buying more magazines at the checkout stands or it just seemed like the right risk to take and uh really it was actually mentioning the the paper was like this huge part of it of like it's not going to be something that people want to it's not going to be something that people just toss in the recycling bin after flipping through they're going to want to keep it on their coffee tables they're going to want to really enjoy it and it was kind of the antidote of stepping away from our like zoom world or like mm-hmm. this technical or technological realm that we were all living in and reconnecting with what we love so people that love design this is for you just have some tea or a glass of wine and sit down and actually enjoy it and not have news notifications popping up on the screen in the middle of reading an article which is yeah
1: well it's 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 really well done And, and for those that haven't maybe kind of physically come in contact with it we definitely would encourage you to seek it out um in terms of you know you kind of touched on this but you know kind of your approach to content creation may being slightly different from digital to print, but you know, what, is, what is that process been like in terms of making the switch? And then, you know, where do you get inspired for obviously planning for print based on the number of times a year and you still have a digital component. It's not like you've yes. left the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we still, yeah, how, we still have, you? yeah.
0: well, we still have the website, um, roomag.com, which is kind of the daily site still. So it's this balance, right. Of, We have people that are only going to ever consume what we're creating on their phones or computers, and Mm -hmm. people that are there just for the pictures, and they're not going to read a single word that I write ever, and that's okay, (laughs) so the pictures have to be really strong, but then people who are there for the stories, and so all of it is like this really fine balance of figuring out what will perform best on digital, something that maybe will have more of that viral appeal of a really strong one single photo that will go far and wide. And then things that are a little bit more of a story um, that might be better suited for prints where it's a bit more of the home as a whole will be more of an interesting to like journey through as you turn the pages. So it's a a weird balance and um, definitely catering to what our audience will like. I think that I feel, I feel like I am also the audience. So I can tap into, I know them so well, I've been doing it for so long that I can tap into what will be received well, and what will be less so. Um, But it's, it's all I always say it's like a puzzle, especially with the print magazine. So for that, the number one important thing for me is that there will be something for everyone in, in each issue. So if they someone really doesn't like a modern farmhouse style, that it's not only that look, there's going to be from page to page, you'll feel like you're stepping into a totally different design world. And that was key. I wanted everyone to feel welcome and like this was a magazine for them. But then it's a big challenge to find all of those perfect puzzle pieces to get it together for the issue. And especially if we're getting a lot of submissions that all look the same, it's like, oh, they're all so good, but they, we need to space right. them out or create
1: this product that feels well-rounded. Well, and, and I think in, in having those different things, but also making them feel cohesive. I mean, that is not easy to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I think a big thing, we work with a wonderful uh, graphic design team. So for print, especially they're so good at kind of getting things from page to page to feel like it's still the same magazine. Yeah. It's, it's just a balance. It makes me Um, a little nutty from time to time.
1: (laughs) Now, What about, I think, you know, the imagery that you guys have, certainly what I've seen, you know, in, in print, um, you know, in terms of it's the homes, particularly some of the feature articles that you've had, everything's really well shot. I think it's shot from a, you know, a rude perspective, if you will, if I can put it in that bucket, but, um, you know, how important is that imagery to you all in even just, you've kind of referenced it visually telling that story without anybody reading anything to kind of know it's associated yeah. you know
0: with you all. that's um well one thing that I it's worth mentioning or important, you know I said it's number one that everyone who reads the magazine feels like it's for them or they feel like it's inclusive but I also the other part is I want to be a champion for the designers and the talent that we're featuring so I Really encourage designers who hope to be published uh, to seek out a photographer that they really like working with and that they have a good synergy with. Um, And we rely mostly on content that's already been shot. And that's it's for a couple of reasons. We are producing some of our own shoots, like for the cover, that's typically something we'll go out and do ourselves. But otherwise, I want the spaces to tell the designer's story as well. So if we were to come in with our own stylist and our own photographer, we might miss some of the key details that the designer really feels mm-hmm. make this space. So I always, and then my other advice, I mean, they have to get along and have a good working relationship, but for designers to look to their favorite magazines and see who's photographing most of those tours and that's work with those people. Cause they'll be able to help tell the story. Like we feature a ton of stuff from, uh, photographer Amy Bartlom, she does all up and down California, I guess across the country, um, Sean Litchfield, Lauren Miller, like we, it's kind of the same folks that are photographing and they have that, that look. And it's the key thing is it's not like a real estate photo. It's not star. Right. It feels like you're walking through the home and it's catching the natural light or, you know, if a candle's just been blown out, the smoke there and that's actually one tip that always drives me crazy light the candles for photos <laughs> when people they people always bring in stylists and it's always like this brand new candle that's never been lit and then from an editor's eye light the candles i think is my other find a good photographer and then light the candles
1: <laughs> it, it's okay to be lived in
0: yes yeah lived in experiential like you feel like you're there it doesn't feel different yeah from the space itself
1: um, in terms of, you know, this, so you've, you just, I think you, when we last spoke, you had just sent the winter issue off for production. Yes. Um, but what is, I mean, so you've had a couple of experiences now of obviously getting to go physically see, feel, touch this printed piece. What is it about actually producing something that somebody has in their hands versus something that they read on a screen? And then is there a feeling that you want somebody to kind of walk away with? You've kind of touched on, I think, making it really for yeah. everybody, if you will, but is there a kind of, in your own words, maybe you want somebody to kind of walk away from that issue feeling like what?
0: Well, I immediately think back to like when I was a kid or a tween I suppose my one of my mom's friends would give me a, like boxes of all of her old magazines and I would completely go like that was just hours and hours of just this world of magazines and feeling transported or excited or you know dream of what my life could be when I grew up or all of these different things and I I remember it being so special and so immersive and I want people to feel that same thing. And it, it's kind of surreal. Um, Danny's partner, Carrie read the the fall issue and he sent me a really wonderful text that made me cry. Most things do make me cry, but this one did. And he said um, there's somewhere there's like a teenager who's reading this page to page and like, it's changing their world. And I hope that, whether you know people of all ages will still feel that excitement, and a designer at High Point um, in the the lounge actually said, "Thank you so much for making this. It feels like the first magazine that feels like what we do." And so people recognizing themselves, but also having that like dream element as well. I, I get really I. It's probably the emotional side of me, but I get really passionate imagining like the possibilities of someone new discovering it. Whereas like when it's on digital, it was kind of repetitive and like people are just numbers, like the website, how many hits are we getting? How many likes are we getting? But when it's imagining like someone discovering it at the newsstand is a little bit more grounding and exciting. Yeah.
1: Or, or like literally like tearing out pages and putting them in a yeah. folder. Like, I'm so, you know, I got to save this type of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: Actually the, um, <laughs> the designer lounge, when we did the five minutes with appointments, there was, I was speaking with a designer, but we had magazines on the coffee table just to the left of where we were meeting all these designers and some folks came in and were looking through page by page, and it was hard not to be distracted because I wanted to know what they were thinking, but I was really connecting with this designer who I was meeting with. And Danny and I both heard just this like slow rip, <laughs> like uh, and then set it back down. And it was like, okay, I'm, that's so distracting, but so exciting. I wonder what page it was. <laughs> like, But it was like pierced to the silence of just like <laughs> pulling out a page, yeah. it's also a little terrifying. It's more permanent. You know, if you make a typo or a mistake or say something wrong on digital or social, you can fix it. So sending it out into print, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I it's a little bit more nerve wracking. It's more permanent.
1: Yeah. No, I, I can appreciate that. I think uh, that idea of it's really happening (laughs) and it's there (laughs) for a period of time. Yeah. Um, you just touched on on the Designer's Lounge. We've been fortunate enough to work with you and Danny on the Designer's Lounge um, in our showroom, which um, for those that are listening, if you're not aware, so we have this great space uh, inside the Universal showroom. Uh, it's a space dedicated to designers. We have, uh, there's a beauty bar in there for do, you know, hair touch-ups and what have you during the day. Um, we're actually adding some really cool, I think, amenities, if you will, for next year. Uh, but one of the things we were able to integrate with, with you and, and Danny is this, this whole idea of five minutes with, which is, is something that you guys do in the magazine. And we kind of yeah. took that concept and, and turned it into this opportunity to have designers kind of connect and sit with you guys. And it's almost kind of like speed dating in the sense of it's five minutes to pitch their idea for this opportunity to be featured in something, whether that be digital, whether it be social, whether it be print perhaps. But I was just curious, I I know we've had the chance to kind of talk about some of these experiences. And I I think what we've seen too, and we've done this twice. So we did it last, you know, this past year, uh, spring and fall, but how quickly people signed up for these slots in the fall. So I think clearly there was kind of that underswell yeah. of, you know, excitement and like, it's pretty cool to get to have that opportunity. And, and I know we're excited to be able to bring that, uh, you know, to the design community at market, but what, what has this been like for you? Cause it is, it can be a little like intense, I think, cause it's, it's like one after the other for a period of time. So yeah. Like Shark it can, Tank.
0: It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, outgoing, but introverted. So it can be, I get a little nervous. I I think that was one thing that I noticed is that designers were coming and I could tell some were a little nervous to to meet me or to show their work, but I wanted to be like, no, I'm really nervous too. I hope, I hope you like me too. (laughs) So it's this funny social, it kind of breaks down the the barrier of like editor, designer, like it's more just a friendly opportunity. And one thing that has been really impactful. Whenever I go to markets, I'll have um, folks asking, "Could do you have time for lunch or do you have time for coffee? And I don't often do just because we have appointments at different showrooms and events. And um, I'm a people pleaser by nature. So I always feel like so it, it like hurts me to say, no, I don't have time for coffee while well, I'm there. I'm so sorry. Um, this has been like the best opportunity to meet as many people uh, I mean, it, it is all at once quite quickly, but being able to actually connect with people in person where my schedule might not otherwise have allowed. And then also just getting rid of that digital, the email element of it's less formal. They Designers will come and they'll typically have their, their iPad or their laptop with a project pulled up and... Most they always sit down and say, Well, how do you want me to show you? And it's like, Well, just however you want. This is comfortable. This is a great way. We're just talking. I'm excited to see your work and get to know you. And it definitely has made it a little bit more memorable. In that, I'll, if a project they've shown me during that meeting isn't a fit, when they email a few months later with new work, I remember them and it's kind of creating more connections and removing the formality or the on making it more approachable I guess to getting published but it's it's been really fun and I've met so many cool people and people that I've known of their names for years but never connected in person it's I like it a lot and your team is really great at keeping everyone on schedule too which (laughs) I like because that's my my number one thing I feel I want to make sure everyone that comes through feels like it was valuable to take time out of their own market and also feel seen and like they yeah, connected. Think,
1: um, it is, it, it can be, uh, we, we try to um, move people through without feeling like we're, you know, it's not like you're getting to sit in Santa's lap and then, you know, all right, <laughs> yeah. um, but this whole idea of, you know, I think it's, it is, I think, you know, coming prepared and, and again, just, you know, we're all people and, here's yeah. what we've been working on. And I know past market, I think you said, you know, you're really kind of blown away at a number of a number of projects that you felt like what a great fit potentially uh, yeah. you know, within kind of the brand.
0: Yeah. There were quite a few. Um, I won't try to remember anyone's names cause I'll just combine them <laughs> and get it completely yeah, wrong, but I'm there's <laughs> quite a few that are, we're publishing on the website um, in the coming weeks. And then there's uh, one that will be in the winter issue and they presented it at the um at the meeting, and I had been super stressed because I a home tour had just fallen through. And so I had this like big hole in the magazine of like, "Oh my gosh, at how am I like I'm at high point, How am I gonna find?" And it was yeah. like ex- the best. It was like, "Oh, well, we'll put this in the winter issue. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for coming. And it was a good fit. and it was so that was really nice. And I might especially we get over email we get probably hundreds of submissions a week. And so stuff, even really good stuff falls through the cracks, not intentionally. So it was like, Oh, thank goodness. You signed up for this. And
1: that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing it again next year. And I know um, I think that that perspective from you, I think should help people just in terms of um, you know, we'll have signups and stuff, but I think it's, it's, it's a real thing. (laughs) And Kelly's a real person (laughs) and um, yeah, that opportunity to kind of, you know, share. And I think the fact that you, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for people, um, you know, may not be immediate, may come down the road, but I think that that opportunity to kind of connect um, at a kind of grassroots level is is pretty cool. So we're looking forward to it. And it's
0: also, if anyone who's listening that wants to sign up, it doesn't, you don't even have to have like a completed project, um, to, to qualify to sign up. I some of the best discussions were people who just wanted to say hi and pick my brain for a few minutes about best ways to submit in the future or how to connect with photographers. And it's, it's not only pitching the work, it's just an oppor- opportunity to talk for five minutes and enjoy some of the amenities at the lounge, which also you mentioned the beauty touch-ups. I have uh, Casey do my hair every time. <laughs> And she's the best. So everyone should sign yes. up for those. Yes. yes. I'm
1: actually getting a haircut tomorrow. Thank goodness. So. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Tell her I said hello.
1: <laughs> I will. I will do that. Um, so I think also, you know, we've, we've had this opportunity to do this. But, you know, for you, um, I'm a, I know you weren't coming to market maybe as as regularly as you are now. What has been your experience of maybe even coming to High Point and just kind of, and I know this past year is probably a, not a fair Year to place judgment on the experiences of High Point yeah. due to you know the whole you know some COVID restrictions and what have you, but just just from your general perspective of coming in and seeing kind of what happens at market, what has that been like for you, and and what do you kind of take away from that, and how it impacts you know what you all do at Rue?
0: Yeah, it's well, first the networking, and a lot of it does have to do with Danny's ideas and. I guess just creative thinking of how can we make the most of our time here, but it's, I've gone years past and it was always to product scout. Like we would just had appointments and we would go to as many showrooms as we could and just get a pulse on trends and what's coming and the new collections and collaborations and all of that. And now, especially in, and I think actually the COVID the COVID of it all has made this better and that it really is more about the networking and the connections with designers and brand partners and less about seeking out, for me anyway, seeking out what the new furniture is. And so it's more this like amazing opportunity to really see what everyone is working on, connect with people in person and bring back that human element that I think, was missing at the start of 2020 of like oh yeah we really need these events and for designers especially to like do sit tests and chairs and see for them it really should be all about the products and sourcing for their clients and but it's like this amazing opportunity to seek out mentors and new friends even it's that it's been a really nice change and the first one I was very nervous. I think I had like three N95 masks on, on the flight. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going out in public. And then once there it was like, I miss, I miss this so much. It's
1: like yeah.
0: launching, I mean, it was so odd launching a print magazine in isolation almost of like doing this alone in our old rental house like in the shared office with my husband and being like, what do you think of this phrasing? And he's like, I don't know sounds fine. And so then it kind of made the whole, like this new chapter of Rue feel more vibrant and real and enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Kind of completed it probably to a little, a little bit in the sense of like, you know, it's like, it's all, it's all happening. I think also, I think that whole, particularly, I think the last year, um, you know, with what happened, I think that's energy of people kind of being together and and kind of feeding off on each other in a, in a positive way of just kind of getting excited about, about these, whether it might be it might be product, it might be you know the educational, the networking, um, you know those those instances where, you know there is a reason why there is a reason why you want to be, you know with with others, yes. if you will, yes. so it it does make yeah. sense. Um, all right, so you all you launched the magazine, you've yep. expanded what you do, you know I think in terms of your digital portfolio, you talked about social a little bit, and now you're also going to move forward with a book. And um, (laughs) um, if you can just kind of talk about, all right, what kind of, you got to, I saw you kind of teased the the cover, I think on social a few weeks ago. The cover is
0: out, yeah. Um, What has this been,
1: yeah, what has this been like? What kind of led down this path? Chaos, Um,
0: (laughs) complete. (laughs) Um, Right after the acquisition, Danny immediately said, we need to get a book proposal together. This should be, everything that you're doing shouldn't be living online only, on Pinterest only. Why is there not a beautiful coffee table book? And I was like, I don't know, good question. <laughs> Let's, there should be. And so we put together a proposal and worked with um, Danny's book agent, an um, amazing woman named Joy, and she helped get it in front of the right publishers. And so kind of the idea of the book being a uh, home with Rue which is a hashtag that I came up with probably five or six years ago that was encouraging people to share their own spaces on Instagram because you know I noticed from the start of when I began with Rue to now people really like interior design Instagram is like huge people love sharing and it's this huge community and so the hashtag people can tag their photos and then See kind of this collection and so the book is the same title home with rue and it's one big home tour except that every it's different homes so chapter one is the entry chapter two is the living room and so you're kind of walking through but um it's a lot of my favorite home tours plus some that we haven't shared yet or will be coming out soon um and it's was i laugh and say that it was chaos because i with Danny, he has these ideas and I just say, okay, sounds great. And then I was faced with like the dark reality of like, oh, I have to write a book. (laughs) Got it. Got it. A whole book, the entire thing. And it was super challenging, but um, we are publishing with 10 speed press and they're an imprint of Penguin Random House. So that was like the surreal lifelong dream realized of who what is even happening. Like we went from being concerned in the pandemic of our website to now getting print issues out the door and writing a book for this like prestigious publisher. So I just, the book went to the printer uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving break. So just about a week ago. And it a big relief, though terror, because I'm like, what if it's wrong? What if I did what if no one likes it? But it um it's kind of a celebration of Rue, but more a celebration of the designers and photographers that we've worked with as well. So it's I try through each page to make sure that I'm like, these are not my designs. These are not, this is the editor's standpoint, kind of the everyman's view of everything. Yeah. Um it's there's no how to's cause I am not very DIY inclined, but it is more, if you like this look, here's how you could recreate it. Here's why this sofa works in this space or idea. It's just ideas and a celebration of beautiful design. So I think hopefully there's that nice balance of those who are going to look at it for photos only. And then for anyone who reads it, I threw, I peppered in some jokes, <laughs> threw in some <laughs> pop culture references, I made it a fun read. I think so. I think there's something for everyone. Um, And when does it, uh,
1: Kelly, when does it come out?
0: Spring 2022. Um, Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully there won't be any delays with everything that's being delayed, but um, we're confident it'll, yeah, it'll come out spring 2022. And uh, Nate Berkus wrote the foreword. He's been a champion of Roo since the beginning. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. And uh, the cover is this beautiful, um, we're really excited because a lot of books now are looking quite light and airy, which is beautiful. And I said, dark and moody, <laughs> let's make it really stand out. So it's this beautiful black bedroom by um, K Interiors out of San Francisco. And it's, yeah, sharing the cover was a lot of fun because that made it more official.
1: Real, it's really happening. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. And it is it is
0: available for pre order now. Ah. If anyone, yes,
1: we'll put that link in our in our bio (laughs) so people can kind of get on it. And then when you meet Kelly, you can have her sign it.
0: Yes, I got to practice my signature. Yeah, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years (laughs) of just typing only and (laughs) figure out.
1: Um, Well, we kind of touched on this a little bit with with what you do with five minutes um, at market, but if you had if you had maybe one piece of advice to give to a designer um, looking to kind of get noticed by an editorial team member at, at any magazine or, or website, you know, what would be maybe that, that one thing, or, or is it one thing?
0: I think it's, it's kind of more of a, it's a slow burn. I don't think it's just one, one thing. I think there's a lot of things designers can do to kind of build their recognition or, their brand, I think obviously social media and Instagram plays a huge part, but just um, interacting with editors or people that you want to work with, but in a non-harassing way (laughs) that's not, I mean, I don't mean it as harsh as that, but there's a difference between liking and commenting and getting to know people through this weird social media, like parasocial relationship, And then just like cold DMing and saying, please run my project. Like, So getting noticed, I think, is more of a creating genuine relationships with the people you want to work with. And then when when you're ready to reach out or ask questions, you've already kind of established that base of, I'm not just selling you something, I'm a real person too. I think it's the same with the five minutes of kind of coming together and connecting as people instead of something. It's not just like a strict business trade like so I always tell I've done a lot of panels and I always tell the example of I was once on vacation in Mexico and someone replied to my story of a margarita at the pool and said looks amazing did you get the house tour I sent last week and I was like no I didn't and I never will." (laughs) like it felt like this really so kind of keeping those boundaries of like we're all real people Uh, and so getting noticed just earnestly and like, through a genuine connection, I think is key. I think investing in photography so that your work is shown the best that it can, kind of always um, going to high point, going to the educational opportunities and experiences and meeting people that way um, is, it's more just becoming part of the network instead of, Right. I, I can't think of the term, but yeah.
1: Well, it's it's. I think you said it, it's just that genuine of how you know how do you meet anybody type of thing, and how do you begin to connect with somebody, and it's not just making it more than just a transactional like okay, check. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think too. Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I, I as opposed to the ways other editors or other publications work, but like I'm I'm obviously clearly super emotional about what I do, and I take it all really personally, and I take if a home tour isn't a good fit, I take it really personally when I have to tell someone no, like I worry that that will ruin their week or, and so I think keeping that in mind of like, I consider most of the people that were featuring friends and these contacts that like this respect, And so for me, it's not transactional. It's, it's definitely more personal and more, I, it, much to my own detriment, I try to reply to every single email I get
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: It's not always possible (laughs) when I'm terrified to open up after this podcast and see how many, but kind of that like (laughs) I try to do put kindness in every interaction. So um keeping that in mind of like when interacting with editors, like that I'll give you the grace of a reply, but like also come with kindness and respect or boundaries too, which
1: yeah, I think that's, those are... Contradictory, good. probably. <laughs> well, I think it's a good kind of guideline, if you will, you know, kind of the golden rule type of thing, so...
0: Yeah, um, well, and I, you can also tell, I mean, in getting so many emails, you can tell when it's a form, you can tell when it's like a copy right. paste. I can't count right. the number of times that I've gotten submissions where someone says, I think this would be a perfect fit for, and then it's one of our competitors' names. <laughs> well, you should email them and find yeah, out. That sounds but like then a I good know, idea for them. Um, I, you can tell when it's copy pasted, so keeping things personal and more like we're all humans instead of
1: just back
0: and forth. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, all right. Last question for you. We're approaching the holidays. You, you, people (laughs) won't see this, but you have an unbelievable background here. You got the tree up already, which is great. Um, seems very cozy, but, um, and, and maybe this has changed in the last couple of years for you, or, or maybe with the um, you know, move to print, but you know, what does home mean to you?
0: I love that you asked that question because that is actually the introduction in the book is, and which like, I almost wonder if like, so if Danny sent you an advanced copy, (laughs) but that's like how I opened the book is that I've asked hundreds and hundreds of designers and homeowners, what home means to them. And when I think, everyone has a completely different answer and mine it's probably the writer in me but it's like more abstract of i in the book i say it's like a cat sleeping in the one sunny patch in the living room and the clinking of champagne flutes to celebrate a big accomplishment like for me home is just this feeling and what i love about rue and what i do is that visually that can look so different to everyone um but it's how it makes you feel and so Like I have friends who want nothing on their bookshelves except like one vase and very stark furnishings. And for them, that makes them feel like so happy and calm and at peace. And for me, it's a little bit more eclectic or (laughs) cluttered one (laughs) might say. And so, but like for me, it's the safe space of like where we go to recharge from the world or like, I love being at market, but coming home and kind of stepping through the front door and being back with my pets and my husband and my space, it's like this overwhelming sense of calm. So I hope that with what we do at Rue, that it helps people find that for themselves, like what they identify with visually to create that space or that feeling for themselves.
1: Well, uh, Kelly, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us and, and sharing your story. And I think it's just, it's, you know, 2012 to now. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy just how, you know, I think for you personally and and kind of what you've done. So congratulations on all that as well.
0: Thanks so much, Neil.
1: Thanks for spending some time with us today. I've been your host, Neil McKenzie from Universal Furniture. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Universal Fern.